1: You are Locked on Packers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for Fanside and Pro Football Weekly. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers, and you can find all the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. It is Friday. We continue our rookie orientation series today with Jair Alexander, Mark Ennis, who used to cover... Louisville Athletics and now has a local radio show. Is on the show to talk about the Packers' first-round pick, Jair Alexander, cornerback from Louisville, taken with the 18th overall pick after Green Bay traded out of the 14th spot. And I just before we get into Alexander, who I really think you're going to like. I really think you're going to like this this interview with Mark, and you're going to get a much better feel for who Jair Alexander is as a person, as a player and as a as a future community member in Green Bay. I would also recommend you go read the Ryan Wood story in Packers News. Excellent deep dive on some things about Jair. But before we even get into that, I want to just reiterate. There were a lot of fans, and I was one of those people who was frustrated that Green Bay decided to trade out of the 14th pick with Derwin James on the board. Obviously, that was my dude. I thought he was one of the best defensive players in the draft. I think he can be an all-pro caliber safety. Getting the first round extra pick and then getting back into that 18th spot, essentially, the combination of Jair Alexander and whoever they get next year has to be worse than Derwin James, the added value to those teams. And in a true value sense, the Saints gave up what was enough to go up to get the number one pick given where they were. More than the number one pick, in fact. That's how they valued that 14th pick. Given the added value there, Derwin James essentially has to be the next Ed Reed. And that Is That is assuming that Alexander and whoever they're able to get next year are nothing. Now, we can evaluate this in a vacuum as as a point of process. Draft grades are okay to do if you're grading process, if you're grading approach. And how the Packers approached this trade is exactly how they should have approached this trade. They had all of this extra assets, all of this, this draft capital to use. They get... This future asset, this great future asset, knowing that from 27, they can move up into range where they can get one of these guys. And then what ends up happening, now this is outcome, not process, but you could argue that Green Bay knew or, or had a feeling that at 45, there was going to be a very good player on the board and that they felt like there could be a potential first round player on the board. And that's what ended up happening. So if you look at their first two picks at 18 and 45, between those two players, one of them is probably going to be good. And so that's why from a process standpoint, I under, Derwin James, I think, is going to be great. I, I mean, anyone that's listened to this show for any length of time knows that I believe that. But that doesn't mean it was a bad trade. It was a good trade. Clearly, Green Bay did not have Derwin James as a ultra can't-miss future, super-duper star prospect, number one overall prospect in the class kind of guy. They just clearly didn't. They must have had a cluster of players that they would have felt comfortable taking there. And that is how this works. When you have a cluster, Ozzie Newsom does the same thing. He likes clusters of guys. And so if you have multiple guys in that cluster, trading down, especially when you're going to get a first-round pick, makes a ton of sense. Now, getting just to Jair Alexander specifically... And and Zach Cruz pointed this out at Packers Wire, and and I think this is great. Ron Wolf's first draft pick in Green Bay was Terrell Buckley. Ron Wolf hired Brian Gutekunst, who is now the GM. Obviously, Brian Gutekunst's first pick as the Packers GM is Jair Alexander. His cornerback's coach at Louisville, Terrell Buckley. Now. Green Bay and its fans and and anyone that is rooting for the Packers uh, hopes that Alexander's career goes much better than Buckley's. But Buckley will be the first person to admit that Alexander is set up to succeed. and, And perhaps better than he was. Alexander is an outstanding athlete, a former receiver. There's an interesting anecdote in the Ryan Wood piece that when Alexander was in high school... He would he would play football and he clearly had burst and athleticism, but he had bad running form. And so he would explode for these punt returns and then get caught in the open field because he was he was basically a 4'7 runner. 4'7 is like what a what a tight end would run. Or a linebacker, you know, Jake Ryan ran 4'7. And a track coach basically said, we gotta fix this. And by his senior year, Alexander worked and worked and worked. By his senior year, he was running four-four-three. At spring practice last year, Lamar Jackson and Jair Alexander both ran 40s. Lamar Jackson, maybe the fastest player in college football over the last two years. He ran 4 3 4. Alexander ran 4 3 2. This is a guy who has worked and worked and worked. No offers in the state of North Carolina. He's from Charlotte and you'll hear you'll hear Mark say this that motivated him and he was pissed about that and he plays that way and he wanted to beat the daylights out of those other ACC teams that passed on him well the bears could have taken alexander at 8 let's we'll see them twice a year 49ers could have taken him at 9 i mean there are some NFC teams that alexander might might be might feel a certain type of way about and if, if that's something that he carries and that's something that he uses, he's proven that that is something that can really motivate him. Before we get to Mark, I want to remind you about our Pro Football Focus Edge subscription giveaway. Don't just fast forward to this part. I would appreciate it if, if you'd listen because I want to give you something. I'm trying to help you become a more informed football fan. I learn something every time I go on the PFF site because there's so much information there for you to use, whether it's their NFL draft data, whether it's their fantasy football data, their tools, their charts. They have profiles. There's a lot of non-data content on that site that that is useful and, and informative for you. Put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes, and you'll be entered to win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. Get behind that paywall All it takes is a review with your name and your Twitter handle of this podcast on iTunes.
3: Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better.
2: America's number one organic bread for a reason. It tastes so stinking good. Dave's Killer Bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-GMO ingredients and is power-packed with whole grains, fiber, and protein. Visit Dave'sKillerBread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store.
1: All right, let's get to Mark. He is the host of The Drive on 939 The Ville, Monday through Friday. I'm sure you can simulcast that. That is ESPN Louisville. He is on Twitter at Mark Ennis. He and I have been longtime Twitter friends, finally getting to to speak voice to voice. Hey, Mark, thanks for joining Locked On Packers. Hey, I'm happy to
0: do this. Nice to talk to you.
1: You as well. So the Packers trade out of the 14th pick and then back into the 18th pick to get Louisville corner Jair Alexander. And you were one of the first people I sent a message to to say, Hey, talk to me about this kid. Tell me, tell me what he's like, what Packer fans should expect. And you, you offered uh, some great insight, which is why I wanted to have you on the show. So just when, when, when Alexander came to campus, obviously as a 19 year old, he breaks out, has five interceptions as a sophomore. Uh, Was that the point
0: at which you you realized, yeah, this kid, he's, he's got something. You know, early in his career, he didn't see the field a ton as a freshman at corner. Where he really made his impact was he was a really good punt returner. And then mm-hmm. he would be the uh, nickel slot corner while he kind of waited his time. But, yeah, the sophomore year, and I'll tell you really the moment. He was everywhere in the Florida State game where they blew Florida State out uh, early in the season that year. Uh, and he had a punt return for a touchdown that really sealed the game. And that's when you realize, man, this guy is, is really very different. And then three weeks later, that Clemson game, he was the reason Louisville was even close to winning that game. So he's hes such an interesting kid. I've, I've been conditioned to think about uh, athletes and stuff now in terms of how what it'll mean for local media because now you know we need sound and that sort of thing. And I can just tell <laughs> yeah. you that uh you know some guys are are just empty, quoteless nothing and some guys are robots like Petrino is just a terrible robot with the media. And Jair Alexander is a first round media relations draft pick. He is just a quote <laughs> machine and you will you will love him being there. You and you can
1: tell when you watch him uh, that that he plays with that sort of uh, braggadocio, that sort of swagger. I mean, he he is responsible for one of my favorite college football gifts in a long time. <laughs> the Wake Forest. Um, yes, yeah. it it it's tremendous. And and if you haven't seen it, you go on Twitter and find it. Um, but. He, as you mentioned, that Clemson game, to to have the kind of day two interceptions and a forced fumble against Deshaun Watson, against the future national championship yeah. team, um, th- that was as good a game as as any prospect in this class had. Um, what was the difference the last season? Because um, in 2017, he didn't produce at the same level, was not as, as dynamic as a playmaker in terms of the splash plays, the interceptions,
0: but he was also hurt. Yeah, the the big difference this year was in the season opener. uh, Well, first of all, they changed defensive coordinators uh, and had, quite frankly, a significant downgrade from Todd Grantham to Peter Sermon, who came in. uh, And the defense got very simple, very bland. And then he got hurt in the season opener. They blocked a field goal against Purdue and uh, Jair had a moment and decided to run down and try to pick it up and run with it. And uh, he got blasted kind of from the side without seeing it right in the knee. And he was out for seven, I think, seven weeks after that. Uh, and it, even when he came back, his first game back, he wasn't 100 percent. But it's funny, you learn things about guys like indirectly in the the handful of games at the end of the season where he was full strength, which was the season ender against Kentucky, against Virginia. Uh, he was lights out and the defense was I, about 75 yards better per game just with him being out there. Um, and he just makes it – he's that guy. that Like, he's what you want your quarterback to be on offense. Like, you get in the hole and it's, all of a sudden everybody has, like, borrowed courage from him. Like, he's he's yeah. like that for Louisville. And they were more aggressive and they tackled better. And uh, everything just sort of seemed to be a little bit better with him uh, out there. And i tell you what, just to give him some credit – you know, he lingered all year with this injury, but he was never one like joking around by the bench. You know, uh, he was always on crutches on the sideline, you know, a junior coach sort of behind Peter Sermon and, and the, the defensive guy. So uh, handled it about as good as he could. But this year injuries really robbed him and Louisville uh, and, and the defense was atrocious without him. Yeah. And, that, and that's one of
1: those things uh, he, you mentioned him staying around. It seems like, I mean reading quotes from the players around here, one of the one of his uh, defensive line uh, teammates predicted he would be a Hall of Famer. Uh, you, you can just tell that the guys on the team, they, they, they look up to him in a way, even though he's he's not you know some sort of like 50 or senior guy. Uh, it seems like that he is—he is just one of those guys that has that it factor
0: that that teammates just gravitate toward. Uh, totally, and, and I, he has a tremendous amount. It's hard for a guy to be really confident uh, and not be off-putting, but he right. he really does manage to kind of dance there, the the literally, probably uh, dance there, you know, in the <laughs> middle, uh, because you know one of the things that I always liked about him was he was like really like an average recruit. He was like the barely the top 1,000 players in the country, you know, Mm at high school. And he was just a kid that was going to be a throw into South Carolina's class until Steve Spurrier started to just kind of mail it in at the very end. Uh, And Louisville swept in there and offered him and he enrolled early and he really took advantage of that. And he really like kept the fact that none of the North Carolina schools wanted him. Like he was always reminding people of that. And so like at ACC Media Days last year, he sits down and he just starts individually He's like, I went to Wake Forest camp and they didn't offer me. And I went to North Carolina's camp and they didn't offer me. And he's like, I went to Duke. Duke. He said like that. It's really funny. I went to Duke's camp and they didn't offer me. He's like, and I'm still pissed off about it. You know, and then they beat every one of those schools that he went to and they didn't offer him over his three years. And he was happy to remind people of that, too.
1: And that's, again, you said the kind of guy you want playing quarterback. That's the kind of guy you want playing cornerback. You want a guy who takes it personally and says, I want to kick your ass every time we step on the field. It's interesting because um, a couple of the Virginia players said Alexander is the best defensive player that they had played against. And yet in, in the Virginia game, they got after him a little bit he gave up two touchdowns, uh, and all, but also had two interceptions in that game. It was just interesting to hear them say how good he was, even though he gave up some plays in that game.
0: That Virginia game was probably the, the turning point in the season. Like It really kept it from just falling off the rails. Uh, and what, I, what stuck out to me, in addition, of course, to him actually having interceptions, was they sacked the quarterback, I think, six times in that game. Uh, and that was, that was him being back. Like, like they had to be so timid uh, and so very conservative in the back end because of inexperience last year when he wasn't there and then like the, quite literally the minute he was back in they got way after the quarterback because he was there to actually cover uh, and they they had their best quarterback rushing sacks game of the season with him in the game like it was immediate and it was noticeable he's just that kind of player
1: that is music to the ears of Packers fans mark <laughs> because they had some issues last year, not with the pass rush. They were a top 10 team in adjusted sack rate. It was all of those times when the, the pass rush couldn't get home. They couldn't cover anybody. Hmm. And, they, and they couldn't give their pass rush that extra half second that they needed to get to the quarterback. And that is what this investment at corner for the Packers is. My question to you is, you, you mentioned that that he was a slot earlier in his career. Is that something that that you think is his is his destiny at the NFL level? Or do you think he's a little, height-wise, a little undersized, but it doesn't seem like
0: heart-wise he's undersized to be an outside corner in the NFL? Oh, no. He was only a slot uh, guy his freshman season because Louisville had you know some fairly decent corners that went on and hung around in the league for a little while. So that was really just a depth chart, and he was a true freshman thing. Uh, I think he's... Yeah, he's a little short, but he's very strong. And for a corner, you know how corners sometimes are allergic to, to tackling. He is not. Mm-hmm. You know, he will he will throw himself in there. Uh, and so, I no, I think he'll wind up being a stick-me-on-the-outside guy uh, and, and do just fine there. And, and, look, in the ACC, he went up against super-tall receivers at Florida State and the Clemson guys, and he held his own uh, pretty well. There. So I don't think he'll have any problem in the league with that at all.
1: Uh, you mentioned uh, his performance at Media Day. How is he um, in the locker room in terms of, you know, leadership? Is he, is he a guy who's going who's gonna to get on teammates or is he more of a uh, lead by example type player?
0: Uh, no, he's, he's vocal. He's much more vocal than Lamar was. Uh, he's way more vocal, but he's not uh, a get after guys, you know, I, but I did enjoy, you know, in, uh, in times where he was out, you know, being around practices and he's coaching on crutches. You know, like he is he, like this year they had to play a true freshman at corner, Russ East, uh, who really was not ready. Uh, and Lamar, I felt like kind of, or excuse me, Jair kind of went out of his way to be like extra positive with that guy because he really mm-hmm. struggled early on uh, and stuff like that. So, no, you'll, you'll hear him. I think the minute he's got his feet under him, uh, you'll hear him talking uh, to people at practice, either his own guys or the others. But again, he does somehow manage to to walk that fine line of being confident and being a talker without really being like obnoxious. Sure. So one of the things that stands out is, you know, he's obviously
1: he obviously has outstanding athletic ability, the four three eight forty. He has incredible change of direction ability, but he also seems to just understand and have great feel for the game. Is, is, is that just like an innate thing or is he one of those guys who's, who's going to sit in the the film room and just study too?
0: I mean, it's a little of both. I think he is one of those guys that has the iron butt, like sit down and watch film and be ready. Uh, and, and he never struggled with that enrolled early and jumped right into the mix. Uh, but yet yeah, the, that intangible kind of feel for the game, like the, he has that. And, and I'll say, quite frankly, he can catch, which is not always true, yeah. you know, of corners. <laughs> there no. was talk, you know, when he first got here that that they might kind of fight over him and maybe try to let him play receiver because, again, he can catch. Uh, but uh, they made the right choice. He's a natural at corner, temperament and and, and abilities-wise. But you could even see, like you were saying, the just the sense of, of what to do, in being a, a really, really dangerous punt returner from day one. Like he was just a really good punt returner from the get-go uh, and then emerged as a corner uh, the following season. So, yeah, he, it's a little bit of both.
1: I think right away his his initial role in Green Bay is going to be in the slot just because of where what the other guys that they have and as a punt returner, but I, I think certainly – uh, he can grow into being more than that. And and there's always that adage that NFL teams like a cornerback who was who returned punts because it means the coaches trust that guy. Yeah. and And there's nothing more important that a cornerback can have than the trust of his coaches.
0: Mark, where can people find more of, of, of what you put out into the world? Where can they follow you, all those things? Yeah, sure. Uh, I am on the radio here, 939theville.com, Monday through Fridays, 3 to 6. You can follow me on Twitter, at Mark Ennis. Man, it's good to talk to you after, like, just being uh, Twitter buddies for forever.
1: Yeah, likewise. I'm, I'm glad uh, this worked out. I'm glad we could do this. And uh, hopefully, maybe, maybe there's another Louisville guy that, that ends up on the Packers. Here sometime soon. The last uh, big name guy uh, did not work out so well,
0: Brian Uh, Brahm. So, for ahead of the draft last week, we actually played a clip of the NFL draft guys uh, the morning after. And it it wasn't Kuyper, but it was McShay and a handful of other, uh, uh, Merrill Hodge. Merrill Hodge was all in on Brian Brahm. Yeah, they were breaking down who would win the eventual quarterback battle. (laughs) <laughs> uh, to replace Brett Favre, and they were four for four to a man that Brian Brom would be that guy, and it was, boy, it was hard to listen to.
1: Yeah, it's uh, not one of their better takes, and I really like McShay in particular, but, uh, yeah, that, that take has not aged particularly well. So, uh, yeah, that that's um, both famous and infamous
0: around these parts. Uh, well, you know, Brian is, uh, he's I think he's found his calling as a coach with his brother, uh, at Purdue, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's going places in that regard. But, the, yeah, the NFL was not for him. And that, and that's just, that's just the case with some of these
1: guys. Mark, yeah, I, I think he's fine. He's fine. He'll be fine. Yeah. All right, Mark, I appreciate you taking the time.
0: Anytime, buddy. Anytime.
1: You are listening to Locked On Packers on the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local daily sports podcast network. Catch up on everything around the NFL with Locked On NFL and Locked On NFL Draft.
3: The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com slash one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E.
1: I want to thank Mark for joining the show again Always great to get the inside scoop on some of these players. Unless you were a fan of ACC football, you were probably not super familiar with Jair Alexander. He was someone that that came on my radar uh, after his sophomore season, the five interception season, one of the most dynamic players in the sport. And, and as you heard, um, someone who is, has an effervescent personality, who is is just going to be a shot in the arm for this defense. And I think... He is going to fit right in with this secondary group. And I think he's the perfect player to come in and learn from someone like Tremont Williams. He wants to put in the work. And and Tremont Williams is a guy who made himself a Pro Bowl player from an undrafted free agent because he worked his ass off. Exactly the kind of guy that you want in the cornerback's room with Jair Alexander. And, and both corners, by the way, that the Packers took are former receivers. You want ball skills. You want playmaking. You want ball hawk that's what these two guys are that's what Jair Alexander is and that is a stark contrast from the kinds of guys that Green Bay has taken at the position the last few years all right we'll be back on Monday with Josh Jackson rookie orientation will continue I wanted to get the top three guys out of the way we'll have more of them as we go through this process Uh, I I don't know that they're going to continue to be right in order it just happened to work out scheduling wise that way so we'll continue to have these over the next few weeks Hopefully get through most of the of the top picks uh, and anyone else uh, interesting. We'll, we'll, of course, talk about the Aaron Rodgers contract, when and if that gets signed, assuming it does. Now that Matt Ryan's been signed, Aaron Rodgers is going to be the highest paid player in football one way or another. Uh, it's going to be soon and it's going to be in Green Bay. I don't think anyone should have any false fear about what's going to happen there. So, for all the latest, make sure you're following Acme Packing Company. dot Make sure you're following me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, and always stay locked on
0: Packers.